Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. It is so good to see each and every one of you. Good morning and welcome to Robinson Avenue. It's my prayer that each and every one of you had a wonderful and blessed Christmas time celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray that your family was around you, that good times were in your house, the smile was on your face, and I pray that you got blessed throughout that Christmas time. Well, let me be the first to tell you right now, Happy New Year. Amen. Start getting ready for 2024, and I want to share with y'all each and every each and every one of you something very special from my heart, from the bottom of my heart to your heart. I want you to know that Betsy and I have enough money to make it to the end of the year right now. Amen. <laughs> I was reminded today in prayer time that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Amen. So you might be hurting this morning, and you might be sitting there saying, Pastor, my head hurts. It got too loud at Christmas time. We had too many kids. We had too many gifts. Too much trash to throw away. You know what? God is good. The world is still turning. The sun is still burning, and Jesus Christ is still going to be coming back. It's time to get excited, and it's time to worship Him this morning. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, my goodness, it is so good to see each and every one of you. My prayer that I'll see some of you tonight. Let me tell you a little bit about what's happening this evening and what's going on at Robert Avenue. Of course, today uh, we will have our regular services. Uh, there will be no choir practice this afternoon. Is that right, Brother Mark? No choir practice this, this afternoon, but we will have 6 o'clock evening services right here. It's going to get out a little bit early. It's going to get out around 630, 640, somewhere in that time frame. But I've also been asked to tell you that the children's church, the children's church department will be meeting. And they're going to have a special celebration for the New Year. And so if you are wondering where to bring your kids for the New Year, Miss Russell Lee and the Robert Stanley Baptist Church Children's Church would welcome you with open arms. Come and be a part of that. In fact, if you're joining us online, say, I don't know where to bring my kids tonight. Come see Miss Russell Lee and be a part of her New Year celebration. So get excited about that. Be a part of that. All right. Please be in prayer about our upcoming men's and women's Bible studies that we be assuming in January. They're on the course of Christmas break. And so... Deservedly so. They've been hard at it for the last couple of months, and they were ready for that break. And now that break is coming in, be in prayer for them and consider being a part as they pick back up in January. I also want to introduce you to a new class that will be starting on January 22nd. It'll be Monday evening from 6 to 7, just one hour. No sign up sheets needed, no books needed. It's called Why Is That in the Bible? If you're interested in that, we're going to go over several subjects that are. Uh, oftentimes asked but hardly ever answered. And let me be honest with you, we're probably not going to be the answer them anyway. We are going to talk about those and why they're in there. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. We invite you to come and be a part of that. So we're going to fellowship the call from Monday from 6 to 7, starting January 22nd. All right. I also want to remind you all that uh, coming up in the next couple of days, on the 13th, the Tri-Rivers Music and Game Fest will be happening. If you go out by the bulletin board, you'll find that there's a flyer there. And that flyer has a QR code. What a QR code is, is that little thing you scan with your phone and it pulls up a link and you're able to register yourself if you want to go be a part of that. Uh, the church, unfortunately, will not be going this year. The youth group is, is due to a lot of kids not going to be around and be out traveling. They're not going to go this year as well. But you can still go if you want to and take yourself out there. It's going to be from 12 to 5. Uh, no, no meal is provided, but it will be a competition uh, and you can be a part of that as well. And you can get involved in the Sunday, January 14th, in the evening time, we'll be having our 
United Baptist Association of Texas annual meeting. So what that is, is our association of churches. We're about 40 churches in our association. And we're going to gather together once a year and have that time to worship and welcome, go over our book and report, and we approve our budget and things of that nature for the year 2024. You are invited to be a part of that. And so if you want to do that, we're going to be using any type of code this year, so you're not going to have to drive to Troy or to uh, Gulfstream or anywhere else of that nature. But we're going to be right here in Coppola at Unity Baptist Church on the 14th. At uh, the meal, we'll start at 430. If you're interested in getting in that meal, it's free. All you got to do is sign up for it. Out in the foyer, you'll find a little sign-up sheet right there. You put your name and how many people are coming this week. Well, you might actually, actually put everybody's name. I'm not really sure how it goes, but you'll figure it out when you look at the sign-up list. And plus, if you're not interested in the meal, but you want to come on to the service anyway, the service is going to start at 6. And come be a part of that support Robert Ramsey in that. Support Pastor in that. They've asked me to bring the charge this year for our association. Please be in prayer for me. And please support me in that. It would be nice to look out and see whole bunch of my hometown people right there uh, in Unity Baptist Church. Now, if you've ever heard of Unity Baptist Stadium before, then you know it is for a blessing. If you haven't heard them, let me tell you right now, they're going to knock the socks off. Come and be a part of that. Get blessed for those Unity Baptist singers and prepare your heart for worship. They're lively and they are wonderful and talented people. So, and incidentally, that church is full of great cooks. So if you want to come and be a part of that. All right. Uh, don't forget, we also have our normal RABC activities picking back up now. It's called the scheduled experiment to pick back up on a certain Sunday. So Bible studies will pick back up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So please, keep you on the lookout for this upcoming day. All right, I think that's it for our announcements. Unless anybody has something that I have forgotten. I have two hands in the back. Yes, I did. I forgot the library there. Please, Stephanie, want to share that with us? Okay. So the library day, and actually it's big and bold right here in the bulletin, and I look right past it. So we'll be having a Discover the World of Books and Movies game trivia. That's also going to be on January 13th inside the Robert Kennedy Baptist Church Library. If you don't know where that's at, and you walk inside the two glass doors, you'll start walking by the nursery, and immediately turn left when you get to the nursery, you'll see the bulletin board, and then that door right there next to the bulletin board here is the Robert Kennedy Baptist Church Library. So you can come and check out books there, movies there, CDs there, DVDs there, and even DVD players if you don't have a DVD player. Those will be up and ready to roll here soon. And you can come and be a part of that on the 13th as they um, sit down to educate and sit down to tell you a little bit about what our library offers. We're one of the last churches in the area to still have a functioning library, so please come out and support that. They'll have fun games, prizes, and I understand catered food. So since I'm not going to the youth group, I may be there as well. So I'm going to say amen. But you got to pre-register for it for those tournament games. And there's a flyer in the foyer for more details. All right? Uh, did I get it right, Stephanie? All right. So, unless there's any other announcements. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, would you please rise and welcome one another. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. That's how we thank you for this day, Lord. I know, Lord, that we have lots of people outside. Lord, we do have a lot of people at home who aren't feeling well. Lord, they got the cough and they got the cold and the drainage. And so I'm just praying right now for your healing hands and reach out and touch them, Lord, let them know they're loved and they're prayed for. Would you be with those who are out traveling, Lord God, keep them safe and bring them quickly back home. And I pray, Lord God, that there be any that are online joining us today because they don't know where to go, they don't know they would feel welcome in the church, Lord. I just pray that they do today, Lord. They would feel you. And then decide to come next week and experience you here in the sanctuary, Lord. 
double the challenge for our time of worship, Lord. May we give you praise. May we give you honor. May we exalt your holy and righteous name. And I pray, Lord God, that you pour out your spirit upon each and every one. That we, Lord, experience your Bible and your name. And I pray also in the name of Jesus, Lord, for the healing and coming of your personal Lord and Savior. We just say you that thing. Go with us now to our time of worship. May your name be glorified, for we give you all the glory. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please rise and welcome one another.
If you would, please find your way back to your seat so we can continue with our service. I'd greatly appreciate that.
Two certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. The shepherds had those tidings rejoice much in mind. To Bethlehem straight away, the blessed babe to find. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. They found him in a manger where rocks and feet on hay. His mother Mary kneeling down unto the Lord did pray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Now to the Lord sing praises, all do it in this way. My deacon said, we just go home. That's how. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of James. James. We'll get to James chapter 3 to start out. If you don't know where James is, you'll find it in the New Testament, right after the book of Hebrews, right before the book of 1 Peter. And, so to help you, it's on page 1735 in my Bible. I don't know about you, but I'm not quite ready for Christmas to be gone. I'm really not, though I appreciate the fact that uh, we had one more Christmas carol there. I do appreciate that. And, of course, being the last Sunday of December, we will mention Christmas in messages. Title is one of the messages to come. Come. But when I start talking about come, start looking at it now. It's the year 2023. It'll be 2024 tomorrow. The picture of come nowadays it may or may not have appeared for many. Amen. But when you start talking about come, many things come to mind. 
not to mention sometimes out of our mouths. So let's check this out. This is what comes to my mind when I say this song. There you go. <laughs> Albert Einstein. Um, famous physicist, as you know. He's also a little silly at times, and that made him very, very admirable to the people. In fact, he endeared him. He took the time to be on their level, not too holy, not too smart, but was there with them as well. And so he was endeared to his time. He also hated him certain subjects as well. But when you start thinking about tongues, you see the picture of the crucifixion that comes out. And also, I get a question when I start thinking about tongues. And why is it that, and let me tell you what, because I think that's just that we can positively know the exception. But when you take the picture, the picture comes out. So, I mean, some of you do that all the time, and I can answer it for you psychologically as long as you think, I don't take a good picture, so I'll make it humorous. Or, I think I look bad, and this will give you an excuse to look bad. But no matter who they are or what they're doing, why is it that the picture comes out so photographic? My mom used to do that all the time. My sister-in-law used to do that all the time. And even here at church, and I'm not saying anybody shouldn't do it. Sometimes it's just fun, but sometimes it's done and good fun. But sometimes a picture works out the words. What's the deal with the tongue? Now the Bible has a lot to say about tongues. It's a little mouthful. Some of you caught my pun there for the first time. Let's check it out. Turn to please, James chapter 3. James chapter 3, number 3, verses 1 through 12. The Bible says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive the gift of judgment. And before I go any further, let me tell you there's nothing more true than when you are a Bible teacher that people don't hold you to a higher accountability. One, or hold you to their understanding because in their view, their understanding is the only right. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers that we shall receive the gift of judgment. For we all stumble in many things, and that's true. We all do. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. You didn't ask that question. How do I become perfect? How do I become perfect? A few years ago, I purchased a little book about 100 pages long, written from a Jewish perspective, from a rabbi's perspective, and the title of the book was How to Be The book, however, is humorous. It was about a Christian church inside of New York City, just outside of the Bronx. They had Jews who came, Jews who converted, become Christians, and they had Gentiles. And they had a conglomeration of all kinds of people. They were black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people. There was PhDs and GEDs. There was blue collars and white collars. Fell in love with the congregation because they loved their pastor. Another pastor, because the pastor like Albert Einstein would stick a tongue out at him. He would be there with them, laugh with them. He wasn't too holy or too unapproachable or anything like that. And so they decided an experiment for just 30 days to live the book of Leviticus. 
some of you read the book of Leviticus, you're like, that is not going to very well. Um, but they did. They chose to do this for 30 days. So I remember vividly the story of one man. His wife explicitly forbid him to grow a beard. He said, I will join in this experiment because I have to grow a beard. His wife was so mad at him, but he said, I was the happiest man for 30 days. Now you say, Pastor, did they actually do the animal sacrifice? No, they actually had created a computer program where they would go in and for any time they needed to offer the sacrifice, they would have a tally on the computer program. They were going to tally up how many sacrifices they were taking to remove just that much. Just that church to get the ones involved in this experiment. So the pastor, being a little bit uh, ignorant of the instructions, called up just a few or two away, went to the synagogue and asked the rabbi about it. The rabbi was so offended at the experiment, he hung up on him. So, at the end of the book, they came to this conclusion. You can't be perfect. That's why you need Jesus. I want you to look at me again. Book of James, chapter 3. Let's begin reading it now with those eyes that understand that we cannot be perfect. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. We're not talking about Bible teachers, Sunday school teachers. We're not talking about deacons here. We're talking about people who claim to know God's Word, God's law, and proclaim it and preach it with authority. Not, let not many of you become that person. That person is held to a higher standard. That's why it's important that pastors are men of one wife, men who love their families, men who rule their families well. They are held to a higher standard. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in the word, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. That's a huge picture of saying you can't be perfect. It's a Jewish way to say, well, if you could control your tongue, you'd be perfect, but since you can't, you're not perfect. Indeed, this is verse 3, we put the bits of the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn the whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. And let me translate that word iniquity for you there. Lawlessness. And you go back and say, let not many of you be those people. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Verse 7, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile are secretly to be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does the spring send forth fresh water and bitter in the same opening forth fresh water and fresh water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear fruit? Such no spring is both salt water and fresh. Let's pray together.
Father, we come together in Jesus' name. We will thank you for your word. And I pray right now that you have your way in our hearts, Lord. Let your word cut down into it, for your word is quick and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. And I pray, Lord God, you have your way in this. There be anybody that needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior. There be anybody, Father God, that needs to get their relationship with you right today. Please let now be the time. Today be the day, Lord. Please come. Speak to us. Teach us. Open our hearts to hear from you. The tongue can control the man. You know what I mean? When we're talking about the tongue, we often talk about how we need to control our tongues, but it seems like our tongues control us. In fact, James tells us that if we don't stumble in our words, we're perfect. I think it's hilarious when someone gets on stage and stumbles. I think it's hilarious when they get tongue-tied. I have been guilty of that a million times. You know one sermon I preached? Several years ago in Lampasas, I actually preached about Jesus and the woman who came and anointed his, his feet with her, her tears and poured perfume on, on his feet. And you know the story, right? His feet with her hair. But I got so tongue-twisted. I said, she washed his feet with her hair. Nobody even caught it. I got away with it. James tells us that if we don't stumble in our words, we're perfect. But let's continue looking at the tongue now. The tongue is such an important topic to James. Then tells us if you don't stumble on our words, we are perfect. You ever stumbled on your words? You ever said something you didn't mean to? Or you really meant to, but your wish was didn't say? You ever had that word just at the back of your mouth and you're saying, please don't come out, please don't come out, and it just busts through your teeth and running that person to Why? Some of y'all are laughing because you know I'm preaching to you this morning. Why is the tongue so important? The Bible has lots to say about the tongue, that little bitty, teeny tiny member of your body. In fact, the Greek word for tongue, take a look at this here now, is glossa. I went ahead and put it up there for you to take a look at. Glossa. There it is right there. Look at it. Glossa. We were translated into modern English, glossa. It means the tongue. Sometimes we interpret it as a language that the tongue speaks. Like when we look at the gift of speaking in tongues, we look at that glossalia in Greek right there. Some of you are familiar with that right there as a gift of the Holy Spirit. So we look at it as a language then, or as some sort of tongue that comes out. So this Greek word here in this context, glossa, means the tongue, and that tongue is what controls your speech. Now we get our English word glossary from that. We get our word glossary from that Greek word glossa. Now, glossary, in case you've forgotten, I know it's the year 2024. We haven't been in grade school in many years. But a glossary is a list of terms and definitions used in a story or a book. Let me give you an example of that. If I were to write a short story this morning and I were to use nothing but Joshua-style euphemism, I would need to define those in a glossary. Can understand my writing. In fact, if I were to write to you the names I call my children or the names I call my wife, you'd say, Who's he talking about? And I'd give you a glossary in the back saying, Betsy Doodles is my wife, Betsy. Got it? See how it works, right? That's a glossary. And sometimes when you get in some other books and they're writing about a historical timepiece, they'll actually give you a glossary of what they're talking about so that you can follow along when they're talking about the 
Underground Railroad, or they're talking about something from the Civil War, or something from World War II, like Steamboat Willie, the things that we don't talk about anymore. Blasphemies are there to defend them. Those titles and those words Maybe an author writes this book before he uses vernacular from that period. This often requires a glossary to the reader to understand the context, the meaning of the action. So my point this morning, and I believe James's point, is grosso now means tongue. In fact, let's do an experiment this morning. How many of you can say that? That's an easy Greek word. Say it with me. Ready on the count of three. One, two, and three. Glossa. Let's do it again. One, two, three. Glossa. Now, don't do that in your neighbor's face. Don't do that. Glossa means tongue. It means language. And therefore, like a glossary, it gives definition to who you are. And so you're getting a picture of what James says defines you. Your tongue defines who you are. What you say defines who you are. You're beginning to see the picture now in the book of James. The tongue is mighty important because it's the glossa, and that glossa is the glossary of definitions of who you are. That's why you got to be very careful, church, about what you say. That's why you got to be very careful about how you say it. Well, we're still looking at the tongue this morning. Remember, it's the year 2023 coming to an end, and some of us are going to be making some of those New Year's resolutions. I'm going to tell you what some of them are for the Morrison household. Number one, are you ready for this one? Number one, we're going to bed at 10 o'clock. That's not going to happen. I'd like to. It's going to happen more than likely not. You know what else? We are going to be able to have a home-cooked meal every night. No. Tell the truth and shame the devil. That is not going to happen. No! We're all going to do our chores every day. What a How about this one? Some of our most famous 2024 resolutions. I'm going to lose 100 pounds this year. Boy, I've already, I've already been thinking that, and I was like, don't say it, Josh. It's a fine thing. You are. Accept the truth, boy. You're happily fat. You know something, guys? Thin may be in, but fat is where it's at. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> We're still looking at the tongue. If you're online, you say, I need to be a part of that. You know what? You've got to get here in the sanctuary and add your tongue to the praises of God's people. Somebody say amen. You've got to get to singing in that. You've got to get to praising in that. You've got to get into the preaching in that. And you've got to have your glossa inside of the glossary that defines God's people. We're still looking at the tongue here. James tells us in verse 6 that the tongue is set on fire by hell. Yeah, man, that tongue will get you in a world of hurt. Someone say amen. It'll get you in a bind that you didn't think possible. You know, a lot of times we'll say something and we'll try to keep our word. We'll actually die on a hill that ain't worth dying. Why? Because I'm upset. You know, we've got other things out there nowadays. Stones that break my bones. Words never hurt me. Boy, words come right out of your mouth, right from your tongue, and they define who you are. I want you to know that words are powerful. And I want you to know that words 
of something we need to be accountable for. In the year 2024, if you're making some New Year's resolutions, this should be one of them for a Christian. Number one is we start speaking good, godly words. Amen? We start preaching good, godly messages. We start living a good, godly life. And we start being God's good people. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, it is. If I stop right now, it'd be a good sermon. Amen? Some of you are like, you should start one. We can still beat the Methodist down the Taco Bell. At the Glossop now. We're still looking at the tongue. James tells us in verse 6 that the tongue is set on fire by hell. Why is that? I don't know about you, but if you just look at your bulletin, oh, Mr. BJ found a wonderful picture this week with a fiery tongue. Did you see that? I hope that, I hope that well, I wouldn't say wet your appetite, but I hope that, that burnt your appetite. You got to thinking about that. What does that mean to have your tongue set on fire by hell? And of course, I know right now theologians are like, that's Hades, not your hell. That's the place of the abode of the dead and things like that. Don't tell you what James is meaning. He's meaning that the tongue is a world of iniquity. The tongue is a world of lawlessness. And that lawlessness sets fire to everything it touches. I know you read it where we just read it together, where that little bitty tongue or that little bitty spark can set on fire a whole forest fire. I'm going to take you now into a state that you may not be a big fan of. I've only been there one time when I went there to watch my son graduate from the United States Marine Corps. I'm talking about California. When you get to California, though, you've got to be careful during drought time. That's right. That's right, wildfires. They have a lot of wildfires there. Any little part to set it off. I want you to know, Christian, the warning we get to the book of James is just like California wildfire warning. Whatever little word you say could set off an entire forest fire. So shut up. Some of us need to hear that twice for the year 2024. Some of us need to hear it more than twice. There's a reason why God gave us two ears and only one mouth. So we spend twice the amount of time listening. I'm only half the time talking to some of us to listen to your own message. Half the sermon today, we're done at 1140, right? Now we're still talking about the tongue. It's set on fire by hell. Do you know? Contextually, we get the picture. We, we, we think about where we go. When, when bad people die, where do they go? Help me out now, church. No. Some would say bad people. Let me tell you what makes a person good or bad. It's not what we do. If you know Jesus Christ, then you get to go to heaven. But I want to—I want to also give you another warning. If you're living like you don't know Jesus, then you don't know Him. And some of you have been banking on that. I can live however I want to live, but I said this prayer when I was seven, eight, ten, or eleven, and therefore I'll go to heaven. You are deceived. You must make Jesus your Lord. He's not your Lord. You ain't going. You understand, words are important. And some of you read the book of Romans chapter 10. You know what you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And when you confess with your mouth, it defines who you are. Come on now. We're still looking at the tongue. It's set on fire by hell. We also take it that where, where bad people go. Truth is, people go to hell that don't know Jesus. Because ain't none of us good. Not a one of us is good. People who don't know Jesus, that's where they go. 
Okay, if you're living like you don't know Jesus, you better get sick right now, today. Let me tell you, there's no better day to do it than the last Sunday of 2023. We'll talk about a New Year's resolution. That's the one I have. I'm going to be a Christian, and I'm going to walk in His ways. The year 2023 is coming. But what does it mean to have a tongue set on fire? A hell is Let me tell you what I think. And I think it would be pretty cool if I could open my mouth and have fire come out and devour somebody every now and then. That's not what that means. Not. It doesn't mean that I ate one community carbonara or either, or that I ate Brother Tad's Apollo sauce. It doesn't mean that. <laughs> Let me tell you that stuff will remind you that your tongue is on fire. Here's the deal, though. The idea is that it's controlled by him. The idea is that that tongue is just not controllable by you. And I want you to know something. Too. You may not be able to control your tongue. Control your lips, you can control your mouth, but keep it yes. Next time you see me doing this, then you know that my tongue is full of fire and I want to say something. But I'm trying to be the best Christian I can be. And especially so what's the deal though with a fiery tongue? You know when a tongue reaches out, it can touch somebody and set them on fire. It can make them angry or it can burn them up. Did you know that's what he's talking about there? When you speak and you speak something that Christians aren't supposed to say, you criticize in a way Christians aren't supposed to do, when you do it without love, then what you're doing is burning something up that needs to grow. You know what else can happen? When I think of hell, I think of the devil. I don't know about you, but boy, yes, if you do. I think of the devil. Now, we know the devil's not king in hell. The devil's not charged. He's not there saying, let me have this next person. This is my list of people coming in. The devil ain't in charge of nothing. He's only in charge of what you let him be in charge of. But we often think of the devil. And so when you think of your tongue on fire, you think of something that the devil can use. And I want you to know this. The devil can use your tongue. The devil can use him to burn a relationship, burn down a friendship, to end a good love. The devil can use your tongue to end a trust, to end a church relationship, to destroy a young Christian. That's going to be 2024 tomorrow. You know what else the devil can do with your tongue? He can also take the words that you say and get someone else to hear them a little bit differently. Because the tongue is set on fire by hell. He can. It's going to be 2024 tomorrow, and we're still learning that our tongues get us into a whole world of trouble. It's been over 2,000 years now. We're still learning that our tongues are 99% of our own problems. When all we had to do was, when I was teaching in the public school system, we had a little phrase we used to tell the kids, and I used to love it, like I used to crack up inside. I didn't let it out. If I, if I started laughing, all the kids would start laughing. But this is what we used to tell the kids, catch a bubble. What does that mean? We say, get a pair in a square, and that's the two little fists and the little square dial down there. It's been a long time since my kids have taken one of those. But those little size two and a half to threes would fit right perfectly in there, and they'd catch a bubble to hand behind their back. Just as proud as they could be, those cheeks just as puffed up. You know what, Christian? Catch a bubble! We're still learning that our tongue causes 99% of our problems. Now, the tongue is that powerful, though. And the devil wants to set everything on fire with it. 
said, what should we be using to come for? What should we be using for? No, Danny's just a daddy's man. I love Danny. Now, Danny can't get off on just a random subject in that James. The blood of Jesus, you know what? I love James. James is the halfway to Jesus. What I mean by that is God is Jesus the Father. James is the son of Joseph and Mary. He is Jesus' half-brother. Could you imagine growing up in the shadow of Jesus Christ? Could you imagine every time you got in trouble, Mary or Joseph would say, can you be more like Jesus? I don't know about him. You were talking about, no wonder he says things like, control your tongue. You need to take a page out of Jesus' book. Can't you be more like him? Can't you do it like he did? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if those things happen or not. I'm just, that's me as a pastor and as somebody who loves humor. I like to infuse that a little bit in there. And I like to take it back there. But it's fact. It came to Jesus' brother. It's also a fact. If you'll read through Paul's language, if you'll read through the book of Acts, that during Jesus' resurrection, he makes this a beautiful provision. He did this James. And let me tell you, James won't change. Did you know that the rest of us, he watched his brother die on that cross. He watched his brother get taken down. He watched his brother get killed. He knew. Peter, he heard the words. And three days later, Jesus comes walking in the room. Could you imagine what that conversation was about? Excuse me, James, I got a lot to talk to you about, buddy. I think there is a you know, Historically, when you read through the Gospels, Mary and James and Jesus' other brothers and sisters show up and say, You need to come home, Jesus. You need to quit doing it. You're embarrassing us. Come on. And Jesus is going to say things like, Who are my mother and brother and sisters but those who do the How many of you read this? So, you know, James had. Fact, your faith is just about wore out. I want to remind you, it doesn't take miles of faith to do a miracle. It doesn't take tons of faith to make something happen. My Bible says it takes faith like a mustard seed. It moves mountains. You imagine if every week it would have been about James got to see the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm not going to take you through it, but if you were to go back to James is going to describe himself. Hey, this is James. You read those two verses. It says, the servant of Jesus Christ. You read some of the more modern translations like the New King James or the NIV or some of those new translations that say bond servant. Bond servant is actually a separate translation. Because it's not just a full doulos that you have to do for a full servant or doulos. We get this whole picture of a bond servant. You know what a bond servant is? Bond slave is a little different than a slave. Now, when you think about a slave, that's somebody that gets taken against their will. Maybe an invading country comes in and takes somebody against their will. They bring them back in chains, and they're slaves now forever and ever. Or Joseph gets put in a pit, and he's sold in Egypt, and he's a slave. James isn't that kind of slave. James is a bond slave. You understand the difference? What is a bond slave? Bond servant says, you paid a debt for me, and I owe you my life my service, my gratitude forever and ever and ever. I'm your bond servant. That's what James is. 
body service for Jesus Christ. I owe him my salvation. I owe him my life. I owe him my all. I wonder what that conversation was about when Jesus walked in. James writes, I'm the body servant of Jesus. I owe him everything. That's why your words determine who you are. Remember, your words define who you are. The symbols stand up as we proclaim, oh, I'm a Christian. And then we let people be the rock of Drug abuse, we see alcoholism, we see anger, we see infidelity. Come on now. And that's defining who you are. Words matter. Oddly enough, though, James actually tells us what the correct use of the tongue is. Let's skip ahead to chapter 5. He tells us how to use the tongue correctly. And it's not for licking the pudding off of a spoon. <laughs> Not for getting raw cookie dough off of the mixer. No. And it's not for doing the Albert Einstein secret tongue out in the future. James 5.12-16. What tongues are used for? So James doesn't leave the question unanswered. Why? Because he's Jewish. That's what he's doing there. He tells us what the correct use of the tongue is for. We can do it this well. But above all, my brethren, in the mind of do not swear. The tongue is not to make an oath either because you're going to break your word one of these days. One of these days you're going to tell that kid, I promise I'll be there, and you ain't going to be there. One of these days you're going to tell the love of your life, I will not let this fail. And it's going to fail. My brethren, do not swear. Either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. Some of those scriptures now you get up there, and that's the first thing I'm going to know. I promise, I swear. Where the God? You're not blasphemy. Let your yes be yes, says James. And then no, no. Yes, you fall into sin. Don't swear. That gets us into trouble. Really, what James is saying is be a man of your word. That's your glossary. That's what's supposed to define you. If he said yes, he's going to do it. If she said yes, she's going to do it. If she said no, it ain't going to happen. Verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? In fact, that could be a question I can ask right now. You're online, I'm asking right now. Is anyone among you suffering? Listen to what James says. Correct use of the tongue. Let him pray. You want to know how to use your tongue correctly? Quit criticizing, start praying. Quit convicting people with your words and start praying for them. Should I do? You should start praying. Is anyone cheerful? Let them sing songs. Hello, Christian. It is okay to sing in church. Did y'all love the little kids dancing this morning? Wasn't it beautiful? Yeah. Did y'all love the children singing especially this morning? Yeah. Is anyone cheerful? Let them sing songs. What should we do? We should pray. What should we do? We should sing. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 that we should pray without ceasing. If you're praying without ceasing, you ain't got no time to talk bad about anybody. If you're praying without 
ceasing, you got no time to criticize. If you're praying without ceasing, and you got no time to quit loving because you're loving so much, you're always praying.
Forgive me, I'm doing this again. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to the year 2023 adult man. Some of you leave every night and say, man, i got to crack open that ice cold one. You get home and you don't just have one, you have two, you have three, you have four. And then it doesn't matter what anybody says. You're really speaking to nobody. You just can hear that room all by yourself. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you, Leave out and go straight out to someone on the street corner say, What can I get you? You know what? Nobody in this church blames you. Nobody in this church hates you. Nobody in this church is condemning you. Nobody in this church is saying, I'm better than you are. My Bible says, Use your tongue to confess. And when you start confessing that, I've got a drug problem. I've got an alcohol problem. I've got a pornography problem. I've got a lying problem. i got a one-upper problem. Amen. I confess. I believe in God. And 
I believe God raised him from the dead. And I want you to look at me the rest of the night. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But with the heart, one believes in the righteousness. Help me out in verse 10. And with the mouth, confession is made unto what? Your words that have come. You need to confess that he is Lord. It's got to define you. It's got to be in your glossary. Does that define you this morning? Jesus is Lord, or is marijuana Lord, or is alcohol Lord, or is anger Lord? Jealousy. You need to confess that He's Lord. Now Christmas is over, but there's still some storm up the land. I'm going to skip this story. And by the way, I want to thank those young ladies, children, who blessed me with God's rest, ladies and gentlemen. There's so much to learn from this. This is the angel. Then the young yellow said to them, Do not be afraid. Remember, he's speaking to the shepherds. This is Luke 2, 54. Speaking to the shepherds, Don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. We quote it, we say it all the time. But we often miss the loaded crazy text in verse 11. There's born to you this day in the city of David. Christian, when you put Jesus in your heart and you make him Lord of your life, you no longer have the right to tell God what you're going to do. He is your Lord. You no longer have the right to make any decisions. You go to God with them all. He's Lord. In fact, if you were to look at verse 11, you would just break that down. He saved you. He's come to save you from your sins. He's come to save you from your misery. He's come to save you from the devil, from death, from the grave. He's come to save you. He's Mashiach, or in Greek, he's Christos. He's Christ. What's the difference there? He's Christ, my Bible says here in Luke chapter 2. He's Christ. What is Christ? You know what Christ does? Christ is the anointed one. That's the one that stands up on your behalf. The one that pleads to God and says, that one can come in because I washed him in my blood. He's not just your Savior. He's your Christ. And he leads us to victory as the anointed king. Amen. Lord, Lord, mm, he's got the right to tell you, no, you can't do that. You should not do that. Christians don't do that. Pastor John Ryan today, you're thinking, I don't need to be in church to be a Christian. What a whopper. Tongue's on fire right there. That's right. He's Lord. You want to be with Jesus. Bible tells us that in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Some of you have been home justifying it for years. I just have no church right here on the lake. Be alive. <laughs> okay. Sure you can. Some of you are going to get mad at me like, Josh, uh, you take your own advice and that's your bubble, buddy. But you know what's funny? I don't have the same guilt. Holy Spirit. I want to ask you right now, I've got to start 2024 off on. Do you 
heart, not just as Savior and Christ, but Lord. I'm going to confess to everybody that He's my Savior. I'm going to believe in my heart, and I'm going to tell everybody He is Lord if He's willing to come to me. You have to say, Pastor, He's my Lord, and He's my Savior. He's also my Christ. I need to be a member of the church if He's willing to come. You have to say, Brother Josh, I'm a Christian, but I don't want Him to be my Lord. Well, guess what? Perhaps you have broken fellowship with God. You know what I'm talking about. I don't need to go into detail. Maybe you come today. Maybe you don't need to talk to me. Maybe you need to talk to God. Thank you. Can you come and just do business with God this morning? The year 2024 started out right. In fact, if every one of you will stand up with me right now, let's do a little experiment. I know it's bad that you love it, but go ahead and stand up with me. Everybody, hold on to the, to the back of the chair in front of you and wave your left leg. Now you're starting off on the right foot. Please be <laughs> Forgive me. Forgive me. I love humor. I'm very hard to do good like a medicine. If he's spoken to you this morning, would you come? Would you come? Don't give that invitation. I'm going to the mark you come. I'm going to ask you while we're praying. Do business with Mark. Do you want me to start singing? Would you use your tongue to do a dance with me? Pray. Sing. Confess that he is Savior. Confess that he is Christ. Confess that he is Let's pray together. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. And oh, how I thank you for your word. I'm asking you to take charge even now. Be glorified. There may be anyone who needs to come to know you personal Lord today. Will anyone in you get their relationship with you right this morning? Would you let them come? Or anyone, Father God, who needs to be a part of Robert Nazareth, whatever the case may be, Lord God, would you let them come? Which is Jesus' great mighty name we pray. Would you tell us we sing? Have that own way. Would you come to me? Would you come?
everybody else, would you let this morning be the morning? Let today be the day. Put Jesus in your heart. Get your relationship with Him right. Year 2024 has got all kinds of new things, all kinds of surprises. Make sure that you're with Jesus. Come on. something a little different this morning. I usually ask someone to come up to me, but I'm going to go to her. Church, some of you know Miss Crystal. She is the daughter of our beautiful Aunt Susan, Miss Marshall Hernandez. She comes this morning and she says, I am making Jesus my Lord and Savior. You're going to pray for her and support her in that decision. Would you say amen? Well, I can't wait to see what God does with you. I cannot wait to see what he does. And I can tell you something else. Your mom's been praying for you for years. Some of y'all should learn the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, with that being said, if I don't see you this evening, I'm going to wish you to be one of you a very happy and a very prosperous 2024. I would say in Hebrew, Jonathan, good year for him. And what I will say in English is, Happy New Year. It is almost 10 after 12. You're not going to be the next year. I'm sorry. But there's reason to rejoice. And my Bible says the angels now are rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents. And that's going to be a part of it. Just because church is over doesn't mean God's work is done. Grab it. Grab one of those people. Grab your Sunday school teacher. Grab a trusted friend here at Rock Baggage and say, I need to give you a They will need Well, though God's work may be done, we're healing for you today. So I think it's time to get started going from now. And so I want to ask you to pray with me. Ask God's blessing upon you. If you need it, ask God's blessing. I want to ask you to raise your hand. Each and every one of you, accept the blessing of God. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord God, I lift up our family. And I lift up Rock Family Baptist Church. And each and every one of my brothers and sisters that are here with me, Lord God, we are now crying in the name of Jesus. Lord God, bless us. Protect us. Use us in the year 2024. Help us, Father God, to keep our oil full. Help us, Lord God, to keep our light burning. Help us, Lord God, to be the light you've called us to be in Compass Cove. And though this year may be full of surprises and the political scene may be nasty, God's house still holds all the energy. God's Son is still the way, the truth, and the life. And may we continue to proclaim that wherever we go. Let us be defined that Jesus is Lord. Let us be defined that this is the house of praise and the house of prayer. And we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' great mighty name. Happy, happy New Year. God bless you all. I hope to see you tonight at 6 p.m. Shalom, y'all.